Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. Hey, everybody. I've decided to devote this entire episode to a listener question that I received a couple weeks ago that just struck me as something pretty universal that we could all relate to and have bumped up against at some point in some way. So let me read it to you and then and then we'll talk about it. I have this ongoing issue with partners I've had in my life where I'm always wanting to be on devices less than the other person. It really irritates me to wake up in the morning and almost before I've been able to say good morning to the person, they are on their device, checking some messages or notifications, the news or whatever. Another example is responding to work-related emails or messages while we're spending time together. I've always been someone that can clearly separate work and personal time, and I've always ended up with people that feel as though they need to be constantly responding to work-related messages. Even when I talk to them about it, they can't seem to create boundaries that set them up to give me the quality time I'm seeking. I know that my primary love language is quality time. I presume this is why it irritates me so terribly. But even when I tell partners that this irritates me, they never seem to change their ways. I don't know if it's just something I need to change about me. Do I need to not take it so seriously, change my perspective, what is it exactly that's irritating me so much? Well, before I dig in, I just want to remind everybody that I'm not a therapist, and I'm always encouraging people to have a good therapist and to use them for things like this. The, um, the question, though, did spark something for me to share with you, but just know that anything I say is just my opinion, of course, and it's not a professional one. I want to consider this question or this this bundle of questions, not just from the standpoint of partners, but I also want to include deep friendships and family members in the mix because I believe that those also have expectations and longings and ways that we want those relationships to feel just like partnerships. I believe that there is a baseline that is important. And to me, that baseline is desire and intention. So a friend, a family member, a partner that is willing to show up with intention to love you and the desire to support you and to meet your needs, the intention to do the work it takes to meet on common ground and be present to your needs. And of course, all that vice versa. This is the baseline but it's just part one. And if you feel like that the other person does not intend or desire to love, support, and cherish you and your needs, then you should cut them loose. That part to me is non-negotiable. The next part is where it gets tricky, part two, and that's impact. 
we can desire to meet somebody's needs and we can even intend to and still not have the impact that we think because I don't think those two always live in the same situation. So it sounds like what the listener is saying is that whoever they are partnered with, and it sounds like there may have been several consecutive partners ending up in the same frustration tangle, the impact they are seeking, the quality time without electronics has not been met, has not been achieved. So the assignment is about impact, not intention. Because I have a hunch that this listener who I've known for years, and I have known them to be a very thoughtful gatekeeper with really clear boundaries. I, my hunch is that they have not chosen people without intention. And so we're talking about impact. And, and here's what I found with my own two hands in my relationships. When the ask doesn't come naturally to the person that's being asked, often the impact is less good. And here's what I mean by that. Here's an example of my own relationship. Matt and I used to fight a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. We still fight, but not a lot anymore. And the fights now are not as venomous and as all or nothing and hit below the belt kind of fights. My, we've discovered that my main love language is words of affirmation. And I did an episode a few seasons back about giving parades and about how I need regular words, um, word parades to feel loved, like little pep talks. I need to be seen and encouraged and loved up on with lavish words and phrases that make me feel less doubtful of myself. And it turns out that Matt does not. <laughs> that he can live on a very lean diet of checking in and talking and parades And I don't think he minds words of affirmation, but they're not a part of his main nourishment source like they are for me. But long, tight, connected oxytocin hugs, those are his main staple. He needs those to feel supported and loved in the same way that I need parades. And What we found is that neither of us are are totally natural at what the other person needs the most. You know, I can sometimes get really busy and on a tear and forget to stop and hug and take the time to really physically connect like he needs to sometimes. And, And on the other hand, he sometimes needs to be prompted to give me a longer and more lavish parade. The intention is there, but the impact sometimes needs work. And so we have learned to get very specific. And I'll sometimes like call before I even get home and I'll call and I'll say, I just did something really hard and really big and I'm going to need a parade when I get home. And he'll do it. And sometimes you know, he's working from home and he's working in the home office. Sometimes I will be like upstairs and he will text me and say, can you come into the office and give me a really long hug? And I do. To have great impact when we find ourselves naturally different 
than our partners or our friends or our family members. We have to get really specific in order to, to kind of take the air bubbles out. And one of the things that we have to get over, and anybody in relationship, I think, has to get over this, is this mythical idea that somebody's going to come along on a horse and just get you so much and get the magic of what lights you up so much that you're never going to have to tell them specifically how to love you. This is not realistic and it will drive you batshit crazy if you're looking for this. They might get you for a short, filmy period of time when the honeymoon is still really milky and ephemeral and you're both still drunk. But eventually you will crash down from the haze of that and sort of be knocked on the head. And what you have before you then is a well-intentioned person who's not meeting your needs somehow. And you will need to help them. And I don't think that this has to diminish love if you are specific about what you need. Even the most well-intentioned person usually loves the way they like to be loved. Like I just parade and parade and parade Matt. I I used to do it more. I think I've kind of realized over the last couple, but it took me a long time to really realize that that wasn't necessarily his favorite thing. But most people really love the way they like to be loved. And if something is important to you that is not naturally important to them, then they're going to have to train themselves to have more impact in that way for you. And that can be done, but I think it takes some work. And one of the ways you know if they are worth your love and your care and your attention is if they are willing to workshop ideas with you. So going back to this listener question, an ideal response to your wonderings about electronic free time, an ideal response would be for a partner to say, I hear you. Electronic free time is more important to you than it is to me. And my phone is my lifeline and I like to look at it first thing in the morning, but I hear that that is hard for you. So let's try and come up with a specific plan so that my impact is healthy and supportive for you, but also honors me. Can we try to come up with a plan together? So that's best case scenario. That's ideal. But it might be that whoever is bothered, whoever is 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 lacking, is frustrated, might be the one that has to say that kind of thing to them. But if they agree to talk about it and they agree to come up with a plan and an agreement that works, then then yay. Then I think you're on the right track. And you may have to take a few cracks at it and then keep going back to the drawing board and try other things. When Benjamin and I, my brother and I were small kids, my mom was going to graduate school for elementary education, and we were often the subjects of her, um, like, school assignments. Her, she did these behavior studies and um, experiments during those few years, and there's one that I remember really vividly, and it was a study she was doing about changing a behavior that you didn't like, 
And at the time, we had this very tiny house, and there was no mudroom or anything like that. And Mom said she really hated how we would come in from school, and as soon as we'd open the door, we'd just throw down our backpacks and our shoes and our coats at the front door, and then we'd run off and play outside. And she would try and get us to put them in our rooms, but we didn't ever seem to change the behavior just by her asking. And so one day she sat us down and she said, okay, every day you come in from school and you take your backpacks and your coats and your shoes all the way to your room, straight to your rooms. If you do that for three weeks without having to be reminded, there's going to be a reward at the end. Well, within that structure, with a carrot dangling at the end of it, in a three-week window, she said that we did it every single day, and that it was a solidified habit. And she said, which I think is really funny and, and kind of tells you what bookworms we were, that we, we got to choose our reward at the end, and both of us chose to have 30 more minutes of reading time before lights out. And she said, yes, of course, to that. Um, And after the three weeks was up and the reward was given, we never went back to the earlier behavior. So I wonder if without defensiveness and high irritation levels and like a heavy dose of emotional anguish, I wonder if this listener that had this question You could sit down with your person and say, I see that your intention is to make me feel loved. And again, I'm going to say here, if you do not see that intention, then I think your person may not be your person. But if that is true, if that baseline is there, I see that your intention is to make me feel loved. But I would want to tell you that the impact is not landing as such. It's not making me feel loved. So I wonder if we could get more specific. Could we take two weeks and right when you want to reach for the phone in the mornings to reach for me instead for a long hug and a good morning kiss? Could we start there and then talk about how it feels in two weeks and see what it uncovers in our relationship. And and as I'm kind of just talking about this out loud and saying this now, I realize that maybe you maybe you have to start smaller. You know, maybe it's just one ask like the morning phone and the backpacks at the door and then you wait and see. Or maybe you do it for a short amount of time because if you overload the ask too much, then it feels not doable or it feels not not yet installed. There are, you know, I was thinking about this as a mother. There are times as a mother that I feel so overwhelmed with picking up after my kids because they're still really little. They're two and, and, and five. Sometimes I want to scream at them and say, you know, can't you see that I'm doing everything, that I'm, that I'm keeping all the balls in the air? Can't you just help me more? And pick up after yourselves. And can't you just see that I'm trying? And can't you pitch in a little more? Is kind of what I want to say. I mean, wouldn't that be sweet if they were just like, yep, we can. But I recognize that when I'm exasperated and just wanting the people I love to see how much I'm holding and know exactly how to love me, 
it usually helps the impact when I get really specific about the ask. Like, Matt, I'm going to need you to say more about something I did that was really good. I'm going to need a more verbose parade about that. Otis, I need you to organize all of your Lego sets this afternoon because they're everywhere and no one can walk. You do that and it will really help me. Coretta, please do not spread oatmeal on the counters and all over your hair. I don't want to give you another bath today. You've already had three. Specific. <laughs> Things like that. Um, and going back to the listeners' multiple questions, I don't know if it's just something that I need to change about me. Do I need to take it less seriously? Do I need to change my perspective? What is What exactly is it that's irritating me so much? I don't think it's about not being sensitive to it and changing that. I, I, I think that what feels so deeply irritating probably is that this listener just feels disrespected. And they feel like whatever they've asked for just isn't really being heard. And you know, something else that I think is common here is how we get defensive when our intentions are good, but our impact is bad. You know, like Matt telling me he's not getting strong enough, long enough hugs from me. You know, sometimes I I get defensive and jump back with, I do hug you. I'm trying hard to be everything for everybody. Can't you see that I'm trying? You know, that sort of reaction instead of hearing him and taking a deep breath and realizing, okay, my intentions are good, but they're not having the impact that I want because the impact I want for him is to feel loved and safe and supported and nourished in all the things. And what he's telling me is that he doesn't. He is telling me specifically how I can do my actions so that they have more impact. Specifically, this is how you do it. And I believe that the more specific we can be, the more likely the impact is we get that we desire. And then I've, I've discovered that we just start to move more naturally to getting that part of them. When we train our muscles to love them like they want to be loved, not like we want to love them or how we want to be loved. So in short, I think whether it's, you know, like deep, long game friends or partners or family members, we have to get real with whether or not they're willing to do the work with you, the work it takes to love you, not just the way that they choose, but mostly the way that you are asking them to, and vice versa, and to find common ground that feeds both your cups and the common cup between you. And to do the work to recognize that impact matters far more than intention. Intention is just a baseline, and you can't go forward without it. But impact is, is deeper. And so I say, don't second guess what you want. Stay true to that. But be willing to start with 
just asking them to take their backpacks to their room for a few weeks. Start with that and then just check in and assess and discuss and reevaluate and make changes to the plan and then and then resume it and resume again to loving with proper impact because that that's what matters ultimately is how people feel in the end and i think we have to hear each other's truths clearly and accurately and those truths have to be more audible than what we think we're doing to make them happy or comfortable what we think we are doing is nothing compared to what we are doing in their experience of us so what is missed in the translation from intention to impact it doesn't even really matter because what we are left with after we have tried regardless that we have tried is what matters what we are left with i hope this helps in some small way to make a bridge between you and somebody that you love. And maybe, if anything, all of us could begin our days um, with a deeper breath or a poem or a hug or looking out the window instead of looking at our phone. I think that's a just a, a good thing to try and do. I'm sending love to all of you. I was walking in Whole Foods this morning and, and everybody I passed, of, of course, everybody's masked right now, uh, but everybody I passed had really sad, sad eyes. And it seems like we're all just so full and heavy right now. And so what I hope for you, for all of us, is that you're finding breaths where you can and that you can get your face in the sun for a few minutes a day. Thank you for listening to these stories. If these stories are helping you or making your life sweeter or better in any way, please consider becoming a patron of this podcast. My hope is to continue to do this weekly, and it is your support that will make this possible. The information is in the show notes, and it's a very small ask each month, but it's a huge help to me. Also, check out the Spotify link in the show notes too. Matt, my husband, creates a playlist to match each one of these storytelling episodes, and they are really, really good. I listen to them all the time. And if you have a Spotify account, you can follow things that will help and get his playlist every week for free. Okay, thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Mm-hmm.